When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I am Rich Levine. B-Rob, we started doing this on, on YouTube now. They're, they're, I know this isn't great for the people listening on the podcast, but we, we put all these, these conversations on YouTube now. Do you feel more pressure? Is it weird? Like it, it's, I, I mind fuck myself enough having to listen to myself every week, but having to listen to myself and look at myself every episode, it's almost too much. It's, it's a different element for sure. And yeah, it is a lot of framework pressure. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I got back, I, I went to Vegas last weekend, not for team USA, but to watch the big three, you know, yeah, what's, what was your three. Glenn Davis one-on-one? How did that go? My, my Glenn Davis one-on-one was great. So he didn't show up not playing this year. Oh, I didn't go. That wasn't the only reason I was going for uh, That was one of the many reasons I think maybe I'll, I'll catch up with Big Baby for a little bit. Big Baby wasn't there. I have two pieces of Celtics intel. Very important. Yes. Um, I hope the nightly the nightly sports shows haven't written out their 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 plans for the night because it's about to blow it up. OK, first, Al Jefferson spoke to Al Jefferson, Celtics legend, uh, reached out to Danny Ainge after he after Danny Ainge stepped down. Al Jefferson was moved to reach out to Danny because he's still so thankful about the fact that Danny Ainge drafted him and gave him his first uh, opportunity in the NBA. And I mean, Al Jefferson is a very sweet guy. I guess it's not a total shock that he would say something that make you say, Oh, Al Jefferson, but that was pretty cool. That's super cool. And Al Jefferson, who was that 14th overall pick? I feel like in that, cause that was one of Danny Ainge's first picks period since he, yeah. once he got on the job um, and clearly was, arguably the biggest one of his tenure because that's the key to landing Kevin Garnett was, was Al Jefferson. It was 15th pick. And I would say that is the biggest issue the Celtics have right now in terms of acquiring a, a third superstar, as we've talked about, is that there is no Al Jefferson. Maybe yeah. you can talk yourself in, like, in little spurts. Maybe Rob Williams could be an Al Jefferson. Like you could see what he does for like a week and say, Ooh, maybe this is someone that could be the centerpiece of a superstar deal. But uh, you know, staying healthy, staying on the court, Rob Williams' biggest problem at the moment. But that is, I would say, the Celtics' biggest issue is they don't have that centerpiece for the future. That would be, I mean, Peyton Pritchard's not not doing it for you right now? Yeah, I think Peyton Pritchard, maybe Grant Williams has a chance this year to be uh, to be out. No, well, who's, who's closest to becoming, or who has the most potential, not to become Al Jefferson, to, to have the, the allure of the, the, of the young guy of the upside in a year or two. That's Rob. It's Rob. But after Rob, is there anyone else on this roster that could, because Rob, we know, you know, Rob clearly can do that if he can stay healthy. You know, the, the upside is clearly there, but after that, is it, is it Neesmith at this point? Is that like your, your, your biggest hope left? I think Neesmith mostly for the shooting. Right. I think he's a guy that like, if, if he comes out, what, what did he, what did he finish last year shooting? I know it's tough. It was a relatively small sample size. I know he certainly, even if the percentage isn't quite, I, hope, uh, I mean, 37% in his rookie year. 
Uh, and when you think about how he was playing most of it, you know, where you don't play for a couple of games and, and you come out, you, you, it's very hard to get into a rhythm. For me, I think if he can come out and he shoots like over 40% from three, uh, the athleticism, I know that defense was a knock on him as well. I mean, obviously it's a matter of understanding NBA defense. It's a matter of physically able to play NBA defense. But I think that he showed me enough to make me confident enough to say that I don't think he could be a minus. Maybe he's not going to be a plus quite yet. But if he can come out, play some defense, and, and continue to be that 50-50 guy, you know, that guy who can get the loose balls, who will crash the boards, to me, Smith could inspire, inspire some of that, you know, again, not quite Al Jefferson level, but like somewhat of a younger asset that you dangle out in front of a team and maybe him go crazy for. So do you bring this up right now for any just thinking big picture wise, or is this part of your biggest Intel that they, they don't have this guy? Or just, no, just I think that's just, that's just <laughs> watching the, we're just watching the team for the last uh, couple of years. My other piece of, of, uh, of Celtics Intel. So I caught up with uh, Joe Alexander. You remember Joe Alexander? West Virginia. West Virginia, eighth pick uh, sure. by the Bucks. I forget what year, you know, over a decade ago at this point. Has spent the last handful of years playing in Israel. Okay. So I, I clearly, I, I when I'm talking, hey, how's Madar? So Yeah, Madar's nickname in Israel is the shitty kid. The shitty kid. The shitty kid. Well, I, I've already, I'm, I'm going to take credit for creating that. This will be yeah. like my own personal time lord. The shitty kid, because I mean, I still don't quite understand the ex- explanation, but it's it's a good thing. So they said his confidence is off the roof, right? And that no matter who he's playing against, he treats them shitty. He goes in just as a tough guy. It doesn't matter if he's playing against the best player in the Israeli league or a rookie playing his first minutes. He goes at him the same way with that shitty attitude. So they call him the shitty kid. Again, I don't quite understand it, but I'm going to call him the shitty kid moving forward. <laughs> and maybe there's some Hebrew translation that doesn't quite work as well. But yeah, Madar is the shitty kid. Let that be the title of this uh, of this podcast. That's that's pretty fun intel to get right there because you're not going right? to get that. That's not going to make it through the waves. I mean, you're only going to get that from an American over there because that's probably going to who can translate it properly from a nickname perspective, I feel like. And if you ever hear it again, I think it's most likely that it came from this conversation. Yeah, so but, there you go. Cool. So well, I'll, that when I when I see him in summer league, that'll be my first question. But like, hey, hey, shitty kid, get over here, and then we'll see how he responds to that, and then we'll go from there. I think it's a chance worth taking. I think that like the negative response, it's not like he's never going to talk to you again. Yeah. But if it goes well, like you're immediately his guy. Right. Like every yam leak from here until he's put to the Hall of Fame in 15 years will come via Brian. So I think that's a pretty cool chance to take. Have you watched any Yam film yet? Uh, I've watched the best of Yam that's put together and on, on YouTube every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and, I've, and I've spoken to some people with this like, about him, as I'm sure you have. And they said, like, he's, he's a, an okay shooter. Right. Confidence is not an issue. Great playmaker. Not quite a Campazzo level playmaker probably not not rondo i mean compared him to rondo i saw that on online at one point this week that maybe he's the israeli run but um yeah i mean i don't think i I don't think my expectations are too high this year Um, i mean there's no he's not a lock to to bring him aboard this year period i mean maybe on like a a two-way but they're gonna have to buy him out 
of his Israeli contract, it looks like, to get him over here, which is not going to be nothing. I mean, they'll, they'll obviously do it if he looks great in summer league, but they uh, with only three open roster spots right now, I think it's far from a sure thing that they they bring him. Then again, though, they have a clear need for another point guard, and if he and if Tremont Waters is not, you know, kind of fades into the sunset here, then they could have, you know, obviously an open two-way spot as well. Yeah, I mentioned that we were uh, putting all these on YouTube now. So we got we got some comments in the YouTube section. There was one I wanted to bring up with you specifically because I think it's very interesting. One of the guys says that you were his fourth grade teacher. Did yeah, you I teach fourth? No. So I never, I never taught fourth grade. I was a teacher's aide in Newton for two years, never fourth grade. So he must have like messed it up. But yeah, I was, I like right out of college. I spent a year or two when I was just freelancing um, as like a, a special needs aide in a, in a Newton classroom. So, so I assume that's, I, I assume that's who he's talking about then. Did you ever think, you were, you were thinking about how life might be different if you were still doing that as opposed to talking about, yeah, Madar on a, on a podcast? I mean, I love teaching, but I, I like the, the hours of, of Celtics games earlier than the, the 7 a.m. wake up of a, of a teacher. Yeah, but so I, West, West Coast road trip included? Uh, not Play anymore. Off, not for kid anymore. Included? Not yet. Yeah, not for kid. That I mean, the kid might be a game changer for that for right now. I'm quickly turning into a morning person. Um, as you've, I feel like you've been a morning person for a while here, but it is, um, as I'm drinking a coffee at yeah, as you're two o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon, but yes, I am a bit of a morning person, but yeah. So shout out to that commenter. I must've been <laughs> 10 years ago. He's, he's probably in college now. So, um, hit me up. Glad, glad, glad you're a winning place fan. So you were, uh, you were on the call with pop, the, the team USA call this afternoon. Is that correct? Uh, or, parts or, of it. No. Parts of it? Parts of it, yeah. So Tatum practiced today with Team USA. They're going to need a, a the, the dream of the Tatum, the Tatum Beal partnership has gone up in flames for this summer, which sucks. Really, you feel for Beal in that situation. Just a brutal, like, you're so close to getting there. And now this terrible disease or virus just sidelines you. And now the, yeah, adds uncertainty to the, the whole team. And now they say more more minutes for Tatum now, right? Right. Um, well, they're down to eight players. There's, there's <laughs> that, right? And then now, and now they're saying that out of abundance of caution, that Jeremy Grant is most likely going to miss the Olympics. Right. Um, are we like? Is that related to like contract tracing with with Bradley? I assume. And if that's the case, like, and this is where it's just who, who knows? Because are we, are we then assuming that Jeremy Grant has not been vaccinated? Because I have a hard time believing that Jason Tatum and Brad and, and Brad Beal were not hanging out on a level that would that would maybe suggest that if Jeremy Grant shouldn't go, then then Tatum shouldn't go. I know Tatum had it already. I right. think that he's been vaccinated, but like I don't I don't necessarily know how they're handling those rules. It must be that. It must be something again. We don't know. We don't see specifics in terms of what type of contact results and what profile, depending on obviously who's vaccinated or not. But um, I think it's a clear situation where those two guys just didn't have the protections or whatever to, to put them in that spot. Obviously Beal, it sounds like has tested positive, which Grant not, but maybe he is not vaccinated. I'm not sure in that front, but either way, it's going to be, um, like I said, Tatum could be playing 40, 40 minutes a night by the time they get to Tokyo here. Will they, will they call guys up from the, from like the minor league squad or they maybe reach out to like, could they reach out to Jalen? I mean, Jalen seems to be having a fantastic off season. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think you'd want to, you know, call that off and then go 
live insanity that's going to be the Olympics in Tokyo uh, for a little bit. But um, or Marcus, you know, Marcus was uh, was around I mean, with Pop the last time around. Right. So you have those guys. I assume again, like you said, Jalen probably isn't fully. He would be there in a second, I think, if he was fully recovered enough yet. I assume just three months out, he's not oh, ready to do yeah, that at this I point. I forgot about that. Um, so much has happened since since that injury. I totally right? forgot that, it is. that he yeah, was so out for like, the season last year. He was out for the season. So, so probably not doing that yet. Probably not Jalen. Um, yeah, obviously Smart, Joe Harris, Harrison Barnes. Those are guys that were on that World Cup team in 2019. Uh, maybe they – I mean, I assume they're going to start with, like, begging Steph Curry and seeing if Harden and, and Donovan Mitchell, if any of those guys are healthy enough. I want to um, see uh, – there's, there's a way in. Do you think they, that, like, when Harden – on the last day of the season that maybe he weighed in. I love to see like where he's gotten himself in the last few weeks under the assumption that he wasn't going to have to play for a little bit. Right. Like, he might need <laughs> until the next Olympics four years from now or three years from now, three years from now. I don't know how they're going to do it uh, to be ready. Um, and what about lastly, I mean, Peyton Pritchard, if he's not the the centerpiece of a, of a blockbuster deal, he's at least good enough for to start for the gold medal. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good 11th or 12th, but surely better than Kevin Love. Um, based on what we've seen so far, yeah, the Olympic style. Who knows? Maybe, but yeah, Captain on America, the team USA select players, which are again was kind of like the rookie team. Which uh, disappointingly, there are no Celtics on. Um, but Darius Garland, Keldon Johnson, Sadiq Bay, those are the guys that have been called up so far for the exhibitions. If they can't get any, you know, of the stars that they want, I assume one of those guys might get the call up unless they want to go to, unless some of the, one of the role guys from 2019 World Cup team wants in on it. I mean, they, Trey Young, Julius, there's clearly a ton of other guys that should be on their list, but who actually wants to play right now with just one week out and probably not being in the shape you want to be in to play in the Olympics. That's, that'll be, that'll be a fascinating subplot for, could be a pretty competitive Olympic Games for a change. It'd be unfortunate if the if the guy who probably would have fit in pretty well with the Celtics and was actually taking you know five picks after Aaron Neesmith ends up making that team and winning a gold medal. I you know I, that's Sadiq Bay I'm talking about and I you know I'm not like I'm not totally sold on him yet. Like I, I don't I'm not 100 percent ready to say that like that he's going to have a better career than Aaron Neesmith. Right. But at least for for last year he seemed. Oh like yeah, he was more. ready to help now, which is makes sense given his age obviously but yeah like he was i mean he beat the he had some monster games against the celtics period mm-hmm. um and was a the three and d shooter that was as advertised at villanova so that's among the the comparisons to watch over the next couple of years that's certainly going to be one for how he goes against neesmith when they both have a you know a full year two um at the helm um I do want to get into something that you, I know that you are always interested in rich and that's um, title odds. But before we do that, let's um, let's hear from our sponsor bet online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your, all your sports action. We know baseball season's in full swing right now. They just got out of the all-star break, but you can get odds on that NBA off season stuff and show UFC Real-time updated odds and props, almost anything you can imagine. So before things get going, we know you want to make some summer league bets, Rich, too. So before you oh, do cool. that, of course. Yeah. head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can use the promo code CLNS50 
to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports experts. And so I bring up the title odds for next year, Rich. I think it's a fascinating way to look at where Brad Stevens and the rest of the Celtics for novice are at heading into this offseason. So I ask, I'll ask you just straight out, where do you think they rank um, amongst having the best odds for next year's title right now? Like first, mm-hmm. second, third, top, et cetera. Top 10. I mean, I would, I would say that they're somewhere around, I would guess. Like, so, the, like maybe, maybe, maybe eight, nine, ten. Here, here's where they're at. They are tied for twelfth. Hmm. I, I'm not surprised or upset about that. That's uh. Again, we 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 went in last year, right? And we said, okay, the Celtics are the same team they were last year. So the team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals with some help, you know, they're the the same team they were last year minus Gordon Hayward. There's no way they are going to be better than they were last year. So this year, you know, you see where they were, another like a middle-of-the-road team. Uh, you've gotten rid of Kemba Walker. You've brought on Al Horford. I don't, I don't see where you can make an argument that they are going to be a better team. Right? Certainly not, unless you think the fit was that bad with Kemba and Horford, you know, is going to be looking spryery at age 35. And on top of that, you trade away your first round pick. So that's one other chip that you could use to improve that's gone. Yeah. And I think, and I think again, I think there, I would not be shocked if the Celtics come out and have a great start, like much like they did last year. I think there's always that, like, you know, the new, the new car smell, the new coach smell, right? There's going to be that vibe. All right. We're, we're, we're something new. We're starting fresh. And I don't know if having Brad around sort of maybe weakens that a little bit, but I think I wouldn't be shocked if they come out really well, but like, Again, I don't. I think depth is an issue. I don't think they are built to deal with the long, you know, the the war of attrition that is the NBA season. Uh, so I think as as it moves on, if they can stay healthy, we say that with any team. But if these are one of those teams, if they can stay healthy, I think maybe maybe they get home court advantage in a playoffs. But I, I, that that hardly ever happens, and I think it's I, I, yeah, I think it's very very unlikely that they are in a position to compete for a title next season. So how does that change? And by the way, so they're, they're 33 to one odds. They are tied with the Mavericks and the, the Blazers for the 12th best title odds. And there are six East teams ahead of them, including the Heat and the Hawks. Um, so how does that change? Knowing that they seem that far off, how does, does that change anything about how you approach this next season or this offseason, I should say? of like, what are your priorities? Are your priorities to say like slowly start building up? Is your priorities to say, let's get our ducks in a row for a year or two down the line? Like what's what's the balance or is it a mix of both? Like what what's the path you take of that knowing that at least according to the, the betting public, you're, you're that far behind the pack period? Yeah, and, and I, don't, I also don't think the one good thing about the NBA, especially when you already have Jason Tatum and J- Jalen Brown, like, one move and you are a favorite, you know what I mean? One move you are in the top three or four, like the, 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 you know, when you only got five guys out there at a time and, you know, one player can affect so much, like it doesn't take too much. Um, I think you're playing the Jays window right now. That's, that's what it is. I don't think, 
you you are and that this is this is why the Celtics were in a good situation for so long and like uh, ultimately they didn't act on it too much they did as much as they could if Gordon Hayward wasn't freakishly injured we might be having a, to- a totally different conversation I feel like I need to mention that every time we talk about <laughs> it like like that th- this last this last iteration of the Celtics not doing what they were supposed to do but like what you do in the NBA, it's such a crazy league. These these superstars that you, no one ever imagined would ever change teams are changing teams all the time. Things happen. You keep yourself with enough flexibility to move and you try to compete as much and just not lose that flexibility. So when the when when the opportunity arises, you can jump. Uh we don't we say the Celtics aren't in that position right now because they get, as we started off this conversation. I don't think they have necessarily the assets to jump as high as the other teams do. Um, but I think it's about getting yourself in position to do that while competing. You you already, you already have a very solid team. You have a tough team at the very least. Right. And then you just try to make those small moves here and there, get a steal in the draft, find a free agent, get some cheap players that can be those seventh, eighth, ninth players on a, on a really good team and then just wait in the weeds and try and put yourself in a position to strike for, for the fourth, fifth and sixth players. Agree. And I think that's, they try to do that with all these draft picks and not enough of them panned out in the last few years, which, you know, hurt them obviously in the short term, there's still time for those guys to develop, but that's, you know, Clinton didn't happen as, as promptly as they could have hoped. Um, You brought up the Hayward there. And I was just like, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm looking at, I actually thought about this at the time when, when he left and looking now that Kemba has gone from here, is it, is it fair to say that the Kemba signing cost them Hayward knowing that what happened to his role on the team and, and, and knowing that that might not necessarily be a terrible thing, knowing what his health situation is now and how big that contract is like their options, they would be pretty much locked in if they had signed Hayward for, you know, four and 105 um, right. and then he got hurt again this year and like his his value would be very you know would be you'd be pretty stuck with him regardless but like yeah. what do you kind of look at that in terms of where they're at now and like a a potential not like a a huge deal because that would the case can be made hey if he was healthy during that playoff run in the bubble like they could have been in the finals but knowing in the right. big picture that he wasn't going to, you know, he was getting pushed to a role where he was just not going to be happy. Right. So if he was like the third guy. Right. Would he, would he even have the third guy? Was that still would have been, would he still have been out the door anyway? I, I don't know. This what, I, what I've heard about Gordon is that he might be one of those people that isn't necessarily going to be happy wherever he, wherever he lands. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like yeah. some people are just like that. Like you just find things to not be as psyched about you tend to maybe focus on the negative a little bit too. I, I don't know. Like he's not, he's not super happy. And Arjun already talks about Charlotte, maybe moving him. And if, if, I think it would make sense for them to move him, like given the rest of their, like the youth of their roster and like how he lines up. Yeah. And like, at the same time, I don't, it's hard to totally blame Gordon. Like Gordon was Jason Tatum. Maybe he didn't have the ceiling, but he was a super young, he was a Western conference all-star. Yeah. You know, what I mean, in his mid twenties, like he was a guy that was was the leader. You know, he, he thought and had, was shown legit, not even flashes, like like seasons worth of looking like a guy who could maybe, if not the best, certainly the second best player on on a championship team. And I think that right, yeah. I, so 
So not only is he the third, he came he came in when he signed with Boston. Shit, he signed before the Kyrie trade, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came so, here to so, be number one. So he was the man. Yeah, right. And then you get Kyrie, and then all of a sudden, you know, Jason and Jalen are, are coming up, not out of nowhere, maybe developing a little bit faster than people expected. Um, and it's clear when they're showing that. And then we throw in the injury, when, you know, certainly the trajectory of Gordon's career is on the way down, while the Jays is just shooting straight up. Like, it makes sense. Like, you're not questioning the Celtics' decision. No. But you can see why he could be like, ah, oh, fuck, like, you know, this is not what it's supposed to be. This isn't this isn't what my long-awaited reunion with Brad Stevens was supposed to be. So you get it. Um, that being said, like, would it have made a big difference if they if you just took out Kemba and he was third instead of fourth? I don't know, really. You know, I, I don't. I, again, he wasn't healthy when it mattered. He wasn't healthy when it mattered for Charlotte. Like that, sadly, just seems to be just a little snake bitten. Maybe he has a reason to be a little bit uh, pessimistic about things. You know, he's had some tough luck on the court. Um, but I don't like, would, so would you feel that much better about the Celtics future? If, if, if so Kemba's still gone and then it's Gordon, the Gordon that we know right now, if it's that Gordon with the Jays. Right. Like I don't necessarily Does that answer think... the Bradley Beal, you know, yeah, so that's... wanting Brett. Right. Like that's, I meant, right. It's like, is he, would he be a better, would you rather have that? Or would you rather have, you know, the option to go off to feel you probably given, I, I don't think you can say Hayward based on the fact of he just hasn't shown he can be healthy where it matters since his injury. And that is a pretty, you know, as he gets into his thirties, that's not where you'd want to be. Like, so it's I, 30, I, 31. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a situation where there's going to be a lot of buyers or more. I mean, it, yeah, it stinks for the Celtics from just a talent drain standpoint. You got nothing for the asset. I mean, you have Evan Fournier, but you, you're going to have to sign him for a market value contract. And I'm not sure. I mean, we'll see if that happens or not. Um, but I don't necessarily think you have a lot of buyer's remorse now based on where that contract is and um, where the Celtics options are. I think having more flexibility for the next year or two is better than being locked into Gordon at age 31, despite the fact that he would have made this team a lot better last year. Yeah. And I guess you, you look at what you need, right. And and I think what the Suns are showing and the, and the Bucks too, to, to a certain extent, as you need, you need willing passers in this league. Like you need guys who, who their priorities. So you see like when, when Robert Williams, when, when, when Rob Williams is out there offensively, his priority is passing. Yes. Right. I mean, rebounding obviously, but like, He's looking to move the ball. He's looking to make things happen. Marcus in spurts can, can be that guy. And I think he needs to be that guy uh, moving forward. And, and, and you talk about, you know, sort of strategic or just, just mindset changes that Ime might make. And it, that's the sort of thing that they joked about at the, at the press conference, right? That like the Celtics just were the ball movement was not there last year. That was not championship ball movement. That wasn't a championship offense, regardless of what, where they ranked at, at certain times of the year. Um, Gordon had the ability to be that guy. He was one of the best facilitators. He was a, he was a, a solid passer. Um, but where else, you know, cause you got to imagine, I mean, Tatum can pass, but he's obviously going to be the guy worried about scoring most of the time. Um, the Celtics need another guy, another, another Jay Crowder, another Mikhail Bridges, just sort of the guys that you can plug into any NBA offense and are going to do the right things. Don't need the plays called for them. 
uh, and are just there to make the offense work. Yeah, and I mean, that was a long. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I took that kind of took that. A, a, no, but a, that was a, a good. Me. Yeah, like that's a long way. It's funny now, just going back and looking at everything. When you're like, okay, what would you rather? And this is pre-injury, pre-hired injury. You're like, with the Celtics, you know, the Celtics gave up a lot of pieces in order to be able to sign Hayward that offseason, and then obviously Crowder became moved out of the door in that Kyrie trade since you know he wasn't going to be happy coming off the bench in that scenario clearly too, but you wonder, it's like, okay, you want, if you have the right places, pieces in place, you know, Jay Crowder at 9 million versus Gordon Hayward at 30 million. It's like, you know, it's funny how things like that develop over time where a couple of years ago, that's a no brainer. And now you look at what like Crowder's doing in these games and you're just like, yeah, no, that like having the, the, the sure, sure even though Crowder, his, this is, his three-point shooting was never consistent here anyway wouldn't matter too so it's like you go both ways and that sort of thing i feel like right but but he's also become the kind of player that that you can you don't want to over nines or whatever it is but like that you can withstand a bad shooting night from him because he does so much else right, he, does other he, stuff. Defends, he passes he you know he he's j- just he's tough he's you know one of those guys that you just want on your side especially at, at this time of year but it's funny you think about that now like if you just take the Kyrie trade out of it right so you got the Jays, I mean, if, if you if you could have Jays, Gordon, three Jays, Jay Crowder as well. Yeah. Um, then what, Terry will there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Al. Morris. It's kind of fun. I mean, what's that? Marcus Morris. Yeah, maybe you could skip that. I mean, it's like back <laughs> and forth. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the, it's like if you could take the best, like the best of the last three years, like at, at the their best point of the last three years from that roster I just mentioned, like that's a pretty fun and solid team. Oh yeah, no, it's um again a lot of sliding doors. Like what if things look back on just how things have played out? But it is uh that was just a uh the Hayward you know sidebar. I just thought it was an interesting to look at it, just knowing where what they brought him in for and how quickly he was out the door um, in terms of them just recalibrating how they they want to plan things out. Um, all right, let's wrap up on a little more. We talked about Yamadar earlier, but we're, we're sneaking up on summer league here in a couple weeks. I know you just came back from Vegas, Rich. Um, who do you, who are you excited to see in summer league and from a Celtic standpoint? And is there like, are guys like Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, are those guys do you kind of see them as like actually playing for the roster spots when they're there or is it a situation where like they really should be done here they're not going to be able to you know one week of strong play shouldn't salvage just like the writing on the wall with where those guys are and what this team needs yeah who is it carson and who tremont so like carson tremont i mean taco obviously is a different category but then i feel like those are the guys playing for roster spots and then you have like Grant Williams and Romeo who I think are just, you know, I don't think they're playing for roster spots at this point, but they're just playing because they need reps and they didn't have summer league last year. And like, they both need to improve. Sort of depressing that they're still even at that point where they're right. You'd have to, I mean, most third year guys don't play. Are there bonuses for uh, winning the summer league championship? Maybe that's what they're going for. (laughs) We don't even know those summer league team. It's possible. Those guys aren't playing too. Like I'm I'm throwing out there. Be like, I would think, the Celtics would encourage them to play. 
Um, but I don't know, maybe Romeo, it's like we don't want Romeo to get hurt again. So, like, no, we don't yeah, want to play shit, so really. Right? <laughs> you might get you might get hurt on the flight over. Just keep him in a in a bubble. But yeah, I mean Carson, I mean Carson, what what more do you need to see from no, like, like, right, like you said, like you're gonna see him go like beat up on some fucking 18-year-old like who's playing his first his first NBA minutes and be like, Oh yeah, no, he's let's let, let's use another roster spot on him. And we had the the probably the worst end of the bench in the NBA. Or definitely one of the worst uh, ends. Oh, of the it was the worst. Yeah, and I'm gonna have an end. I mean, you can go like four or five deep on the end. Yes, like the, the worst bottom five in the league. Let's 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 roll the dice. What, what was uh, Javante Green? Right, he's a guy that you rolled the dice on in summer league. Saw a little glimpse of something that maybe could be some grow into something else. And again, he ultimately traded him. But I thought he he's the kind of guy that you would like to have uh, filling that role last year. Athlete a gamer, someone that you can actually use, not an undersized shooter who doesn't shoot that well. Um, so yeah, Carson Edwards, no, uh, I don't need to see you. Best of luck, not wishing ill will. He, he, he can go overseas and, and make a really good living, I think, for a lot of years, and I hope he does that, um, but just not on the Celtics. Right, and then you have guys like, if you if he plays, then, and Madar is like, who do you want to see, him or Madar? Like, no, you want, you like, who do you yeah. want to get those reps? Like, exactly right and so that get the, you're, that's get a, the shitty kid out there yeah get the shitty kid out there and that's a it, you make a good point about green like i feel like you know a lot of teams around the league and most of these guys don't pan out but usually there have been a couple that you know break through i mean i mean the heat have been fantastic at this like like the finding the duncan robinsons in the world of like the undrafted guys that they you know get locked into a two-way and then Lo and behold, they're actually legit <laughs> players. Like, 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 okay, like, I, I, like one of the best shooters in the league. So, like, the Celtics, for whatever reason, whether it's they've had, you know, they've drafted a ton of young guys, they just haven't had a lot of like good mystery, or, or maybe players have stayed away from playing for them because there's been so much other young talent there in the roster. It's like, oh, we're not going to play for the summer league Celtics because we're not gonna get the opportunity so i think antes is just still has a chance to make it right <laughs> it's like he yeah. actually played in israel this past year maybe we should we should have him on to talk about the show there you team. go yeah maybe they played together make that call um but yeah so that will be again it'll be interesting to see of the the elder statesmen of the young guys whether the grant williams and the Romeo langford's or the world play and the fact that now that they won't have a first round pick this year they'll have madar playing I'm sure Pritchard and Neesmith will play a little bit, but probably not too much. They'll probably want to protect those guys. I'd like and to then, see Neesmith just go and like, and like, it's one of those situations I remember because Jalen played the second year, right? Yeah, he played the second year. And I, and I remember he did not play well, but it was because he wasn't, he wasn't out there trying to dominate the competition. Obviously Jalen Brown was able to dominate that competition. He was just fucking, not, not fucking around a bad way. He was just working on it, working on stuff that he was not that great at. Right. You know what I mean? So he was putting himself in uncomfortable positions. He was, he was, he was working on specific moves. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, let's just go out and play and show everyone that I'm the best. It was like, how can I use this arena, these guys as a useful scrimmage to work on particular things? So I would like to see um, Aaron Neesmith in that situation where you're out there and he's not just like, all right, I'm the big boy. Let me, let me show you guys. Let me drop 30. It's like, no, let's just mess around. Let's work on, let's work on this particular crossover or this particular turnaround jumper or, or this, whatever it is, just lose, use that as live practice essentially. Exactly. And since all these guys didn't play some really last year, I think that all those guys want that opportunity. Yeah. Um, right. To, Cause no one 
all these guys have you know pretty glaring flaws in some part of their game right now how long are you gonna go out there you're gonna do the whole week uh, i doubt it i mean i usually tap out after five or six days but it's uh we don't have a schedule yet there's there's literally been very we don't even know if we have media access yet like in person to these players so until that this very if this very yeah this very exactly like i'm not gonna be i mean if if there's access like that'll be very useful (laughs) since we haven't talked to these guys in person for a year but i wouldn't be surprised at all if the nba is like yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep on stick on zoom and you guys can watch from the stands (laughs) yeah ten thousand other people Right. Yeah. You don't need to, to, to go to Vegas to, to have a zoom with, uh, I don't know the, whoever the, the 40, whatever pick it is. What, what, what is like, it always escapes me. 47, 44, 47, 47. Oh, well, or maybe 45 actually. I know, I know Madar was taken at 47. Um, uh, maybe that's what, I'm but well, uh, let me, let me double check this. It is 45. So, 45. Hey, it could be, I wonder where Madar would have been picked this year. That'd be a fun exercise if, if he would have been like a late first round or something like that after a pretty strong season last year yeah that would be cool that would, you should don't tell anyone but that that would be a good story to yeah to work on. Maybe, maybe <laughs> t- talk to some talk to some, some folks see what they say um, i think who, who's like the best the best 45th pick in, in recent years i i want to say Jokic was taken in that range i don't think it was yeah. 45 but I wish there was an easier way. Just look at every 45th pick. I'm just like clicking back through. Yeah, like right. I, Isaiah right. Roby was Isaiah uh, Roby. He's 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 solid. NBA players. Um, um, 18 will be the best one because it's not good podcasting. Oh, Hamadou Diallo was 45 the year before go. that. So you got some. You got some. Again, we we, we keep Dwight Powell. That, yeah, oh, the Celtics have had a number of, and they they. I mean, Dylan Brooks 2017. That's no pretty shit. damn good. Number 45 overall pick. So. You can get some some legit players in there, but there's also the Celtics had. Can you guess the Celtics have drafted at? Well, we'll wrap up on this at number forty-five in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. Rich, can you name these players? Twenty. One of them never played a game for the Celtics. The other one was, I believe, stretched after one season. So 40, 45th pick overall. And what were the years again? 2015 and 2016. Was Chris Joseph one of them? Ooh, good guess, but no. Oh, do you remember when... So I I, I looked. Um, do you remember when I said last uh, last episode that I thought that Al Thornton had played for the, the Celtics? Oh, you think Marcus? <laughs> I was thinking of Marcus Thornton, who was the 2015 45th pick. And then Demetrius Jackson, 2016. Man, talk about a guy that... And I and I'm including myself in this, but the media overhyped. Yes, uh, as a potential future uh, piece of the Celtics, Demetrius Jackson from Notre Dame. He was great. W- was it summer league that he played well, or was it or is it a preseason game? Do you remember that? I think he played. I think he had a good summer league, um, and they signed him. He made the roster, and then they waved him quickly. Um, what but country he got is he playing in? Event. What country is he playing in right now? I haven't looked it up. I'm going to say would, Turkey. Yeah, I'm going to go with. We'll say Russia. Demetrius Jackson last played in Spain. Spain. Okay. Wow. Didn't see that one coming. Um, but yeah. All right. So I think it's only fair that we wrap we wrap up on Demetrius right, Jackson. Right. So... He played in Lithu- Lithuania before that. So only Lithuania and Spain were his were his two stops. He was still uh he was still messing around in the uh in the G League uh before that. He played for the South Bay Lakers. Important information. 
All right, so we'll find out, will the number 45 pick be the next Demetrius Jackson or the next Dylan Brooks? Um, we're two weeks away from finding out. Draft Crazy. is hanging up. We'll um, monitor that, monitor Jason TM, Team USA, monitor. I think it's going to be a busy week, Rich, of like trades on draft week and stuff like that. So that should, we'll, we'll get, we'll cover that wall to wall as we get closer here. And, but as always, hit us up at winning plays pod on Twitter. You can watch us on YouTube now. Um, hit rich up at rich underscore Levine. Oh, no, wait, my, I, I changed my, my Twitter handle. It's now, oh. uh, it's now at the shitty kid. <laughs> you can That's, reach me there. You can listen. And we look forward to having Yam on the, on the podcast to, to, to break down this. Without this question. Origin. But as always, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you guys next week.